What up, HyperChange? Welcome to another episode. Um, got a really special guest today. We are going to do a brainstorm episode all about Tesla Battery Day. Um, I've got the limiting factor on the line. He's got an awesome uh, YouTube channel that I've been getting super deep on about Tesla's batteries, um, just basically all about battery day theories. And it's some of the best videos I could find. And so I, I'm really excited to have you on the channel and kind of walk through, you know, what is Tesla about to announce? So, so thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's uh, it's good to watch you do this live. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, Elon Musk on the last conference call, Battery Investor Day. Tesla makes electric mm -hmm. cars. They have the industry's leading battery technology, the longest range electric vehicle. But what people don't realize, and nobody's been able to keep, catch up to them, but what people don't realize is they're about to drop another battery that's even better. Um, and, or that's what people are rumored on Battery Investor Day. I doubt Tesla would be holding a Battery Investor Day if they did not have huge news to announce. Elon Musk has been hyping it. He said on the last conference call that this could potentially be one of the most important days in Tesla's history. So I'm curious, like, just to start there, like, why is this such a big deal for Tesla? Why does Battery Investor Day matter? And why is it piqued your interest? Well, for me, it's this is the day that they reveal uh, at least my guess is they reveal the machine that allows them to scale to terawatt hours and actually fulfill that promise of accelerating the world's uh, transition to sustainable energy. We can't do that unless you have factories that can crank out massive amounts of batteries. So yeah, that's why I'm excited about it. So alleviating the battery constraint, essentially. Tesla literally basically sells every single car they can produce. So if, and the reason why they can't build more is those battery cells. And the big theory here that I think over the past six months, people have started to appreciate is Tesla's source cells from Panasonic, from other third parties. But now there's this theory that they could actually be building their own cells. Um, so I'm curious, is that, you know, why would Tesla move to vertically integrate to produce its own battery cells, you know, outdoing someone like Panasonic, who has decades and pioneered the lithium ion battery cell? I think they, uh, they put it best. I think it was the annual meeting last year. They said, uh, we need to become masters of our own destiny. And that's where it's all out because they can't, uh, for, say for instance, at Giga Nevada, Panasonic is kind of uh, walled off from the, the Tesla part of the factory. And Tesla can't just go in and make modifications. And I suspect that uh, Tesla has some, um, possibly has better engineering talent than Panasonic, and they can do things that Panasonic wouldn't be able to do and do it better. And not only that, um, when you combine the battery production with the cell and pack production, there's some efficiencies that occur there. You can combine steps. Okay, let's let's run mm. with that. So what, mm. what about Tesla building their own cells um, will allow to make them more efficient? Well, first of all, there's... It looks like Tesla has been incubating multiple technologies with Jeff Don. And in order to implement those technologies, they, uh, they really need control of the whole process in order to combine everything that Jeff Don has produced with everything that Maxwell is doing. Um, and they wouldn't be able to do that with Panasonic because Panasonic would have to completely change their process, which is proprietary, and they've been locked into for uh, decades probably. And it almost feels uh, like Tesla changed their mind because that seemed like they wanted to ramp with Panasonic. And it's almost if you go to the Gigafactory, it looks like the work is like half done and they've stopped expanding. And to me, they decided to stop expanding because there was a shift at high level where Elon was like, screw it. We figured out how to do this better than Panasonic. And that if you look at back at Maxwell's conference calls, 
when the day they were acquired, I did like all this digging. Maxwell back till until 2017 had been ramping this pilot production line of mm. actually building battery cells. They didn't say with Tesla, they said with a major auto OEM. Um, and then piecing, stitching together some other clues I got that was actually in Fremont. Tesla was setting up a production line for Maxwell, which is really weird because Fremont's packed and nobody knows where that was, secret battery production line. And then today, mm. right, as I was re researching to record this, Tesla posted three new um, jobs for pilot cell line manufacturing at Fremont. And to me, this is the clear thing of like, they want to get it out of Nevada because that's where Panasonic is. And that's why we're also hearing these rumors about this Texas factory. Um, but I don't know, I guess I'm getting a little ahead of myself because I'm so excited, but Tesla bought Maxwell. We're yeah. assuming it's because of this dry battery electrode process, a new way to build batteries. Um, yeah. And it sounds like they're actually like, as we speak, like building out that production line to try and scale that process and technology. Is that what your understanding is? Yeah, absolutely. And um, the best way, to, I, I think you might have a very good point with, they. Uh, I don't think they're going to end the end the partnership with Panasonic because that's just a huge number of gigawatt hours just to shut off. And um, they'd have to have something pretty spectacular in order to just shut off that flow. However, where you're going with that, I think, is they need to um, be producing all the batteries and packs and everything, the entire vehicle at the same factory to completely optimize that vertical integration stack. And absolutely, I think that's what they're doing. And um, with the, I didn't know what they were doing with the um, cell manufacturing at Fremont, but after I thought about it a bit more, it makes sense because that's where the pack production is for Model S and Model X. They might start with the Model S and X and if that's the case, and that also gives us an indication of the outputs, output of the lines um, or the new battery cell line, uh, if it's just one battery line, it would be five to 10 gigawatt hours, which is, that's huge. Panasonic's lines do about three gigawatt hours a year. If they can do five to 10 off one line, that's what you need for a Terra factory. Wow. And so you, um, you know, let's, let's unpack what this technology is that they acquire with Maxwell. Tesla very rarely acquires companies. And when they do, it's because they have a key piece of technology and a breakthrough. And Elon Musk's on the record at on third row podcast that I was on being like, this is a huge deal. So what DBE dry battery electrode dumb it down for us in the simplest terms, like what is this innovation and why, you know, you just said it can make the production line pump out way more batteries. Um, than mm -hmm. what the tech Panasonic is using. So what is this tech that Tesla has acquired and why does it matter? All right, there's uh, there's a lot of different facets to the technology. Sorry. We could do, we could do it. Uh, it's, uh, it's not a hard question, but it's a question we could talk about just this one for about an hour. There's so many different facets to it. So um, it. probably the simplest way to start off is explain basically what it is. Uh, Currently, batteries use what's called a wet slurry technology to coat the electrodes, uh, the electrode foils for a, a battery. Um, what they do is they mix a super toxic solvent in with some binder, with some carbon, um, and with the active material. And then they run it through a drying line. And those drying lines are hundreds of feet long and consume huge amounts of energy. Uh, with a dry cell process, they uh, use just uh, the binder and uh, the carbon material and the active material, they mix that together and it kind of forms a dough or like a bubble gum and they run that through um, like an extruder and it forms these flat sheets. So there's no drying necessary. Um, do you have any more questions about that? Because I can go into the benefits of what that is next. No, no, go, go for the benefits. Okay. All right. So 
currently when they do the wet slurry coating process, um, it's, it causes degradation in the battery. That toxic solvent I was talking about, it's not good for the battery either. And a battery is a, a closed system. So um, any degradation that you have in that closed system compounds over time. The way Shirley P uh, Mung puts it is, uh, it's like compound interest. Um, so that's something you appreciate. Uh, so if you just have like a 0.001% degradation, um, that's going to be, that's going to accumulate over time and it's going to rapidly reduce your battery life. Exactly. And why does it compound? Because the whole thing is about, I have to recharge and recharge my electric vehicle every day. So the yeah. big metric is like, how many cycles can I get out of that battery? And that's mm -hmm. what Elon Musk has said. We're hitting on the buzzword million mile battery. I think that's mm -hmm. going to be one of the headlines that comes out of what is this Maxwell? It's not mm -hmm. only a better and simpler and easier way to produce batteries, but it actually results in a better battery as well. It's this double edged approach and the the, mm -hmm. the better the battery is uh, we can talk about costs i think it's going to probably win there too but just lasting longer is huge and that's what elon musk mm -hmm. was hitting at like for the robo taxi the battery's got to do 100 a million miles it does 300 to 500,000 now so it would almost double and if you think about you know total cost of ownership over the life of vehicle that has some pretty big implications uh this there's some my mind's going about 10 different directions at once okay one thing that i haven't discussed on my channel is there's potentially a compounding effect here because jeff don has created that million mile battery with a wet slurry technology now if you combine that with a dry cell technology which is supposed to double to your cycle life as well uh, if those two have a compounding effect you could have <laughs> um, maybe potentially an in excess of four thousand cycle life um, Jeff Don's battery. One thing that people miss about that million mile chemistry, Elon has said several times to charge your battery between 30 and 70%, so around about there. Because once you get towards the edges, it starts to degrade. Uh, with Jeff Don's battery, it doesn't experience that at all. So you can use the full 100, zero to 100% charge with no degradation. It's pretty much bulletproof. Wow. And so um, back to this Maxwell technology. So without this drying oven step, I've looked at a diagram of the actual Gigafactory of Panasonic's part, and that's a huge mm. amount of the square footage. And yeah. so without that square footage, it's like we could still have this huge factory, but we can squeeze in way more battery production lines. And that's why all of a sudden the framing of is it a Gigafactory, more like a Terrafactory because mm. of that efficiency. Like So it's like we're all these weird clues that Elon stated almost like mm. add up and you can like backwards engineer them to like oh this is all of this is back to that dve um mm -hmm. yeah and so i'm, I'm uh, curious about a, a cost perspective unless you had something mm -hmm. else to, to go into well what i would say on that front is uh yes that compression of the manufacturing line helps a lot but the the drying lines are just one small part of many different areas there's the formation steps there's um i would say that this would maybe shrink the total battery manufacturing line, including all the different steps by maybe 10 or 20% rather than by that full 16 X, because that's just for that one part of the battery manufacturing process where the dry battery electrode helps the most is the fact that it, it may be able to multiply the speed of the line rather than um, how much space it takes up in the factory. Okay. So a sense. slight improvement in space, but the speed, because you physically don't have to wait for it to dry is the, with the, is that a big piece of it? Yes, exactly. And so Tesla's building out this whole new battery cell production line, Maxwell cells. Mm -hmm. Tesla has been very unique with that. They have the cylindrical cell. Mm 
Mm -hmm. um, and then there's the news that out of China, they're going to source prismatic cells from CATL. And mm -hmm. so now everyone's wondering, what does this pack look like? Is it 4,000 cylindrical cells that are just DBE cells, but a very similar version? Or has Tesla revamped the cell design? Elon Musk talks about vehicle-to-pack technology or cell-to-pack technology. Mm -hmm. There's still these vestigial modules in the Model 3 um, that take up space and make the battery less. So there's like, it's like, okay, so we figured out they like Maxwell, if, if we're on track here. They're going to use these batteries, but now it's like, what are they, what do these batteries look like? What type are they? Did you watch the Sandy Monroe uh, episode that he covered off yesterday? Or it was basically, nope. uh, he was starting to take apart the pack. He's basically Ooh. saying this cylindrical form factor is the cheapest and probably the way to go. Um, so yeah, I'm assuming they're continuing with the cylindrical cells. However, to your broader point, when you, I'm expecting a 20 to 30% increase in energy density. So if you can eliminate that many cells from the pack, you may as well redesign the pack while you're at it. And because these uh, dry battery electrode cells are gonna have different amounts of uh, conductance and uh, different, uh, they can cycle much faster than the typical wet slurry cell, the physics of the cell have changed, so you pretty much have to, my view is you have to change the pack as well and eliminate those modules, yeah. Coming back around to some of um, the benefits of Maxwell's technology. I was saying before that uh, it's about 90% active material with uh, a wet slurry and 5% binder and carbon material. Uh, what Maxwell's technology should be able to allow from the research papers I've found is that should be able to drop to about 2% inactive materials. So um, you're getting much closer to the theoretical energy capacity that you were asking about earlier. Yeah, and, and one thing you mentioned um, that I think is a really helpful way to understand this battery technology, because there's so many components of it, is this like spider chart where it's like you're mm. optimizing, do we want to optimize for a bunch of cycles or do we want to optimize for a 500 mile range? But you've said on your channel that the Maxwell technology actually expands like all of these at once. And to me, yes. that is really what is so exciting about this is like it's mm -hmm. cheaper, it lasts longer, and it's more energy dense. Usually yes. one of those breakthroughs is sacrificing the other. So can, mm -hmm. you, can you talk about how that makes what, it's so unique and it expands that sort of area of competency? Yeah, absolutely. And this is where the... Uh, partnership with Jeff Don is really paying dividends because a lot of researchers, they go for things that grab headlines. And Jeff Don has said repeatedly that he likes to research things that are useful. He likes to patent things that are going to be get used. He likes to research things that uh, will actually change the industry. So what he's focused on is the Coulombic efficiency that we were talking about earlier. And if how can we resolve... Uh, uh, the ways that a battery fails. Because as soon as we resolve the ways that a battery fails, we can improve every aspect of that spider chart because they're all ultimately all linked together when you're dealing with a closed system inside a battery. Okay. One, this is a crazy, I'm going to throw a rumor at you here. Um, I heard mm -hmm. from a shareholder of Maxwell Technologies that I got a hold of who talked a lot to their CEO when they were developing the DBE mentioned that they were experimenting with this sort of solid state lithium ion glass technology that John Goodenough um, came up with the inventor of the lithium ion battery has this next generation technology. Mm -hmm. um, that's one of these sort of weird, crazy moonshots that we have. H how does what John Goodenough's doing and that technology of the solid glass, you know, next gen lithium ion cell, is that tie into this at all? Or In my view, the thing is, is 
a lot of this is uh, speculation and we don't know what's going on in Tesla skunk works. I imagine they are playing around with that, but um, I haven't seen any indications in the research of how you actually get, um, I believe that that technology is real and it works that John Goodenough has worked on with Maria Braga, I think it is. And, but I don't know how you manufacture that into a cell. I think that's the, the difficult and complicated part. And you're, yeah, I would need to see more research on it. Um, to me, it seems far-fetched at the moment. Even the company in Canada that has decided to run with uh, that solid glass technology, I don't know if you've heard about this, but they're saying it's going to be uh, 2025 at the earliest before they're able to commercialize John Goodenough's technology. Interesting. Yeah. And it seems, I love what you said. And this was a big moment for me where it's not just like one thing that's the next cell. Like Tesla's probably R&Ding five different, you know, solid state. They're looking and testing and all of this. They contract Jeff Don, who you mentioned, you know, he's testing a bazillion things at once. Um, but it sounds like the Maxwell DBE is what they're getting ready to commercialize. And to me, it's half of the equation is, okay, how good is this cell? What are the stats on that cell? The other half of the equation is, if this is actually a practical cell, we need to be able to build a huge amount of them for an extremely cheap cost. And that is is just as more important part of the innovation that's going to be announced on battery day because they need that tear factory so my kind of theory is that in fremont they're building this pilot cell line to basically prove the cost model so that elon musk can say that um we're hitting under a hundred dollars uh at the cell level i forget what their metric is it's like under a hundred cells per kilowatt it's at the pack level i think at the pack level so can you mm. break down um you know do you think the maxwell technology has potential to be a cheaper battery pack them, you know, not not only better performance, but cheaper to actually build than what they're getting from Panasonic right now. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, especially if those line, uh, lines can crank out two, three, four times what the Panasonic lines can crank out. Even at a smaller scale, they should be able to be uh, competitive or uh, beat Panasonic's price model. Especially, I mean, vertical integration is where it's at. Um, I I'm not sure what the margin is that Panasonic takes off those cells, but I think it's something like five to 10% right there instantly. That's profit that's going to Panasonic that Tesla can build into their lines and build into their margin. And how do you think this new cell technology will translate into changes at the consumer product level? Because, you know, we're battery nerds getting super into this, but how does, does this mean we see a 500 mile range Tesla or does this mean they can use less cells to produce a 300 mile range EV and they're just gonna build more of them? Uh, does this mean there's faster charging? Uh, you know, how does this actually change what the consumer is going to get once they're buying a car with Maxwell cells in it? It really depends on the supply and demand of, um, because if Tesla's demand uh, continues to be this strong, um, they don't necessarily need to make any improvements. But um, if they're able to increase the energy density and reduce costs by 20 or 30 percent, then I think they're kind of split the difference. I think maybe half will go to the bottom line and then half will go to increasing people's vehicle range. Or maybe it'll depend on uh, the model of vehicle. Maybe the S and the X, they'll keep pushing the range up, but the Model 3, they'll keep uh, increasing the margins until they have a nice, healthy margin. Um, definitely, I would say, I would like to see a 10 to 20% increase in range. Uh, hopefully that's what they give us. And they should be able to increase the charging speed with Maxwell technology because there's that dry coating has a lot less internal resistance and it can cycle much more quickly and do it more comfortably. 
Um, and if that battery is able to cycle mm. more, I wonder if um, this brings up vehicle to grid technology, which actually one of my uh, Patreon supporters wanted me to mm. ask you about, because a lot of people are wondering why Tesla ha hasn't had that, that capability and whether if they all of a sudden have a cell that can do twice as many cycles, you can use your battery a lot more. So now all of a sudden it makes way more sense for them to start working on vehicle to grid uh, technology. Is that something you're expecting them to announce at Battery Day? Uh, yeah. Um, I, I recently made a video on, on that. Now, the, the way I got the idea for that video is I watched a presentation by Jeff Don that got taken down off YouTube. And in that presentation, he said that this new million mile chemistry is what's going to unlock vehicle to grid. So, uh, wow. And they took it down. Yeah. <laughs> and so why does vehicle, vehicle to grid matter? Cause that's personally, I don't yeah. own a Tesla. I'm a New Yorker who walks everywhere, but why yeah. is, why is this a big deal? If all these vehicles, uh, all of a sudden, uh, form a virtual power plant and Tesla has been working on the software for a virtual power plant and, uh, I don't think there's any other product like it on the market. I think Are you the referencing soft... Autobidder? Yeah, that's Though it. Oh, that thing that, yeah. That's been yeah, some I... cool hype. Yeah, so uh, if you have that Autobidder software, and it sounds like they are, um, with Autobuilder, they've uh, worked to understand a lot of the regulations because that's one of the, the biggest barriers. Um, if they understand how everything works in all these different markets, and you're able to harness the energy from all these different vehicles, um, you can effectively, you know, just start uh, shutting down or removing uh, some of these peaker plants because a lot of that can be offloaded to these vehicles that are being intermittently plugged and unplugged from the grid. So it's one of those things where it accelerates the world's transition to sustainable energy. There's been a few people who say, oh, Tesla wouldn't do that because, you know, they, they'd rather sell its power wall separately. Well, I'm a little bit more optimistic about Tesla than that. I, I think their goal genuinely is to accelerate the world's transition to sustainable energy. And profit margins are part of it. They need those profits to grow the company. But I think if they have an opportunity to release vehicle to grid and take a portion of the power uh, market from the fossil fuels industry, why not? Absolutely. And uh, you, you've brought some really interesting speculation into the world of smaller battery companies like Nano One, Scylla Nanotech, um, Scylion. Uh, I actually had the CEO of Nano One on, Dan Blondell. He's awesome on HyperChange. Um, but I'm curious, you it seems like you have some theory where these some of these startups may actually be partnering with Tesla to help them on this new battery, or they're mm -hmm. somehow involved in this new technology. Can you walk us through what's going on uh, there? Yeah. Now, there's new information that's come out in the in the past few weeks and it's uh, changed my theory a bit. Uh, at first I was thinking, all right, if Tesla's going to get these uh, silicon materials and single crystal coated materials, um, who, who's doing that out there? So I found Cylon Nano 1, they seem to be the most uh, promising companies. Um, but as I'm looking into the patents that, uh, and research that Jeff Don has done, it looks like Tesla might be able to do all of this in-house. So they might not need to partner with these companies. Well, uh, it depends if Tesla can manufacture all these raw materials themselves. If they can't, then they might outsource it to somebody like Nano One or Scylla. Gotcha. And Scylion is the company that I I feel mm. I, I made a video about and saying Tesla acquired them, which I'm like 99% uh, like 
convinced of after the fact that they removed Tesla from their LinkedIn after I posted the video about it. <laughs> so, um, yeah. and they took down their website. So what, what did, and then Elon Musk's private jet's been flying to Denver, which is where this company is based. Um, mm. what, what is happening in Denver that Tesla wants? Okay. This is pure speculation territory. Love um, it. the Silion, that was an excellent find. Uh, because the key thing that I picked up from their material is it seems like they've found a way to synthesize and manufacture um, the single crystal cathode along with the high loaded silicon anode. Because right now, Tesla's battery cells probably contain about 7 to 10% silicon in the anode, but getting above that is difficult because the uh, the anode starts falling apart because the silicon expands and contracts. Um, a lot of companies say they develop products that don't expand and contract as much. Okay, great. We have that product. But how do you then mix that in with the other carbon material that's al already there um, in a way that's easy and as few steps as possible? I think that's what Silion is working on. That's a total wild guess. But uh, yeah, that's what I picked up from their PDF. Interesting. It's like a little over my head, but I think that's, I'm sure there, that whatever is happening there is going to get brought up at battery day. Um, and I can't wait to see it. Um, and so one thing we mentioned that I didn't, we didn't dive deep on though, is Celta pack. And this is something that I made a video about. And the more I like CATL that Tesla's working with is working on Celta pack technology. And then just the way I had Elon Musk on the third row podcast, describing how they got to modules and how they don't need them. And just being like, we just don't need modules anymore. Like it almost mm -hmm. was like, okay, he's designing something, a new pack without modules. So mm -hmm. what do you make of this Celta pack technology? Um, is this, uh, cause I, I'm assuming that the new Maxwell battery pack will not have modules. Is that something mm -hmm. that you're assuming? And is that matter much? That's my assumption. It just depends on how far they take it because I called out, I think there's two basic ways to do cell to pack. Uh, there's the basic cell to pack, which is just eh, remove the modules. Um, and now you've freed up that space in the battery, but there's also a more advanced way of doing it where you could combine several steps of the battery production process with the pack production process and possibly uh, eliminate some steps. So yeah, absolutely. And on, on the topic of uh, packs, people often focus on things at the cell level, but uh, the battery pack takes up um, at least as much weight as the battery cells themselves. Like for instance, I think it was from the Model 3 to the Model S, they reduced the, uh, or increased the energy density by about 30%. And if they can do that again from the Model 3 to whatever their next generation pack is, that's, that would be really good. Yeah. So what is JB Straubel up to? And what is up with recycling of batteries? Because this is something Tesla has dabbled in and said, oh, we're going to have closed loop recycling. We want to recycle materials. Um, there's, I talked to a Tesla employee about this actually, that was talking about how it's way cheaper to actually recycle batteries than mine for materials in a lot of ways, if you're good at recycling. So JB mm -hmm. Straubel, Tesla CTO pioneered this, this lithium ion EV technology leaves to start a new battery materials recycling company, Redwood Materials. Mm -hmm. This has been a head scratcher for me. Is it just cause he's sick of dealing with Elon Musk yelling at him for two <laughs> decades? That's probably 50% of it, but he's mm -hmm. up to something. Um, and I have to think that battery recycling will be addressed at this talk. And so, what, what you know, is JB going to come on stage, collab with Redwood? 
I, I would love to see them talk about Redwood because we're getting to the point now where we've had a significant number of electric vehicles on the road for about 10 years. Those battery cells are coming end of life and now is the perfect time to start a, some sort of battery recycling project. I still need to look more into battery recycling. I don't know which of the materials that you pull out of the recycling process, which can be reused for the battery process and which uh, would just be on sold to the market. Um, it's an important piece of the puzzle. I would expect them to cover that at battery day. I think it's a, a logical question. Um, as to um, the technology itself and how much cost it's gonna save and how profitable it might be, I have no clue. No, not yet at least. So this is a question I got from uh, Hans, a Patreon, and I loved it. Mm -hmm. So when Tesla hits a terawatt of annual cell production, how much of this do you think is manufactured in-house versus partners like CATL and Panasonic? Oh man, that is a great question. Once again, this comes down to Tesla's internal strategy. To me, if you want to accelerate the world's transition to sustainable energy, you take, uh, um, you get everybody involved that you possibly can. Uh, so I hope that Panasonic hasn't stopped scaling at Giga Nevada. Um, and it's going to take a while for Tesla to catch up. I would say... Tesla has to produce at least for 50% of those cells over time. It also depends on the time frame because we're talking about a year from now, five years from now. I'd, I'd say when Tesla hits a terawatt, maybe it'll be 50-50, but that's just a wild guess. It would be much better for Tesla if they could, you know, push that up to maybe, you know, 80 or 90% produced by them, but they would have to um, completely end the, the partnership with Panasonic. And it, it doesn't seem like they mind partnerships because they're starting new partnerships with CATL and LG. So yeah, that's, it's a good question, but I don't have a, a solid answer to it. Only, only speculation at this point. Yeah. And I, I mean, the trend with Tesla is constant push towards vertical integration. That just is to me why this is so obvious. And if the incremental cost to set up, you know, the CapEx to set up one of these new Maxwell lines is way cheaper than Panasonic, it's a no-brainer for every new battery line to be this new technology, um, mm. especially if they're more efficient. But then my question is, is like, what is the most efficient use of Tesla's capital? You know, should they buy a mining company? How, how much do we vertically integrate? Or is that costing them $20 billion in 10 years that we just don't want to deal with and we'll let the mining industry do it? You know, I think mm -hmm. we're getting to this interesting point of like, because this is a huge step for Tesla. I mean, this is we're talking about companies that have been doing lithium-ion for decades that are pioneers of it, and Tesla's basically saying, we can do it better. And we learned mm -hmm. how to do that within three years. And we're leapfrogging an entire industry. I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And I think for Tesla, my theory is that Tesla's got $8 billion on their balance sheet, and they're going to use a billion or, you know, they're going to have to spend a huge amount of money to get capacity up for a terawatt hour. They're going to have to buy a lot of battery manufacturing equipment. Um, so I have to think that this is a serious improvement from the status quo of battery cells for it to justify them to vertically integrate it and spend that CapEx, yes. um, if, if that makes sense. So that's like another at a high level where I'm thinking like, OK, this must be not just five or 10 percent better than Panasonic, but like really making what Panasonic's building almost obsolete. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it takes those billions and billions of dollars to uh, 
because the battery industry has a lot of smart people and it's already scaling really, really rapidly. In order for Tesla to say, all right, all these people who are doing a really good job at this, we can do 20 or 30% better. Uh, yeah, that's, that's significant. One thing they're going to tout a lot is uh, the cost to produce a, this uh, battery pack, right? That $100 mm -hmm. at the cell level. Um, that's been like a Tesla target forever. So I have to feel like they're going to say like this new battery line will like hit that cost target. Um, mm -hmm. Why does that matter? It's, it's kind of an arbitrary target that was set uh, years ago. People were saying, all right, if we have $100 a kilowatt hour at the pack level, then that enables us to make a vehicle that's X number of dollars for people. But it's really a sliding scale because obviously Tesla has been able to make a profit with battery packs that were much more expensive than that. A $100 kilowatt hour target just allows you to start producing vehicles that are less than say $30,000 uh, starting price and still have a, have a decent margin. So it's, it's kind of arbitrary, um, but it is an important target if you want to get the bulk of people into electric vehicles. Do you think they'll use Battery Day to announce the potential Model 2, that $25,000-ish starting price vehicle that Elon Musk has mentioned? If they see a path to scaling this battery technology to that level, then to me it's like this is the time to announce like, yeah, in 2023 we're going to drop the Model 2. And that could be another piece of news on Battery Day. I think they'd wait until they have a, something that could, they can roll up on stage, which is it seems to be Elon style, going, all right, here's here's what you're actually going to get rather than a drawing or, or something like that. But I do think that is the intent. Actually, I have my own theory that what Tesla is going to do, every place they build one of these gigafactories, they're, they're also going to have a design studio. And what that's going to mean is Tesla is going to keep broadening and broadening their product range. And ultimately, they're going to kind of become a super conglomerate. Anything that runs on energy, Tesla is going to be making a design for. And I know we're talking a lot about the automotive business, but I know the constraint on battery cells has been a huge crutch to the energy storage business. And that's something that like, personally has really not grown as much as I wanted it to. And I think on the mm -hmm. conference call, Drew alluded to the fact that they would talk about how they're scaling this and thinking about that at Battery Day. So I have to think um, there's a big announcement there. You know, how does this these battery cell advances tie into what Tesla's doing um, at the utility scale battery level? This is a question that's come up a few times that uh, people have brought up with me. Does Tesla need to have a, a different cell chemistry for what they're putting in their vehicles and what they're putting in grid storage? My view is they don't necessarily need to because as I said, they've increased the spider chart uh, or they're increasing the spider chart in every direction. Um, but just because they don't need to doesn't mean they won't. They still might have a special chemistry for their energy storage products. My thinking is um, what they're going to do is eventually shift all their vehicles over to the dry cell technology. Uh, and all those wet cells that they're using for uh, vehicles, they're going to start applying to grid storage. Um, those cells are going to be a lower energy density, but for grid storage, energy density doesn't matter. So you can take all these wet slurry cells, push them over to the energy side and keep scaling that with Panasonic. And then all the, these advanced cells are what you use for vehicles. That's my crackpot theory. I love it. And it's, it's such a simple thing of like the battery pack with the car needs to move around with the car. The battery pack at the grid can literally just 
you know yeah. it's like a some grassy field in the middle of nowhere it takes an extra mm. couple feet who cares um yeah. you know um but so now i'm gonna put you on the spot so which you mentioned that this could go into the model s and x because the battery production lines are there or that's where they're building mm -hmm. them in fremont which is where this new pilot line is so where when do these actual maxwell cells that they're making get into tesla vehicles and which tesla vehicles well i was expecting it would be this year it's got to be soon if they're ordering because that news that came out yesterday that the uh the formation equipment that they ordered from hanwha uh i didn't it didn't say whether tesla had already received it or whether it was on its way to tesla I imagine part of the reason why they're waiting for Battery Investor Day until now is because maybe they wanted to have the line up and running and that they're ready to start rolling out products to vehicles because they want to avoid the, the Osborne effect with this. So it's got to be this year if Battery Day is this year. Otherwise, people will hold off on the S and X. And what's the point of announcing it? And it felt like with Autonomy Day, they waited till they had the full self-driving computer and they were like, we've been installing it. You know, it seems mm -hmm. like that's where Elon's thing is like, you know, this is the awesome new battery and every Model S ordered as if a week ago has got it in it or something mm -hmm. like that. That that would be Tesla's style, but that implies that these cells are ready to go, you know, mm -hmm. not just that they can, it's a great design with a lot of chemistry, but like they're ready to put it in a car that will drive and discharge and recharge. And that's the big chasm that Tesla's really crossing here is like, it's easy to have a breakthrough, but it's hard to actually put it into a million cars a year at an effective cost. Mm -hmm. And that's the secret sauce. Um, and like why I'm so curious, part of me is like, man, I really hope Elon just goes to the drawing board and they don't do 4,000 tiny little cylindrical cells because it's like, okay, we don't need modules anymore. Like, let's do some crazy physics to maximize the density here. And like, I just feel like there's some just brilliant battery pack design that is, yeah. and that is equally as brilliant from an efficiency standpoint as it is from a manufacturing standpoint. And I think to me, that's what I've appreciated more and more is like, this is not even just about designing batteries. This is about building batteries. Mm -hmm. And that's potentially even more of an important uh, piece of all of this. Oh, here's a really wild idea. Um, what if you completely eliminated uh, the battery cells? What if you made just the bottom of the vehicle one giant battery pouch cell? <laughs> like you layered everything in like lasagna at the bottom of the plate. I don't think they would do that, but eventually I think that's where vehicles are headed. You get rid of the cells and it's just, if you can take that dry electrode and you can stretch it out to something that's maybe like three or four feet wide <laughs> and then layer that at the bottom of the vehicle, that would be, that would be killer. Wow. I love uh, theories like that. So, mm. I mean, this is, this is so interesting because what we're boiling down to here is like Tesla's pace of innovation, you know, that chart they showed in their shareholder letter, their lead and range gap has expanded. You know, their mm. battery technology lead is actually expanding because they're innovating mm. so much faster than anybody else. And like, they're going to, that's what they're going to talk about at Battery Master. It's, it's unbelievable to me. So what would you say to the people who think, okay, well, GM has just as much money. LG Chem has been doing this for longer. The competition is coming, you know, as much as us Tesla people think that's a joke, but like mm -hmm. for someone who's not listen, for who's not in the know and who's not in the Tesla world, you know, why is Tesla so much further ahead here? And is anyone remotely close to coming up with something like the Maxwell cell technology? Well, the, the truth of the matter is there is a lot of people working on this. Um, Tesla has a lot of deeper relationships across the research community. Uh, there's a slide that I showed in the video I did on Shirley Mung where it shows the Battery 500 Consortium and all the key players are there. Uh, I think it's a, a, a project that was kicked off by the Department of Energy. But anybody who knows anything about, I mean, John Goodenough is on that panel. Um, 
there's a, Stan, a Stanford researcher, I think his name is E. Kui, and he's a, one of the lead researchers, Shirley Mung, J.B. Straubel is on the board, Maxwell is on the board. All these different groups of people working on this technologies are all meeting on a regular basis. It's a small community to push this forward. Um, and so Tesla has first dibs on all this technology because they're sitting on the board. Um, and it's also, there's a lot of people, as I was saying earlier, there's a lot of different people working on these technologies, but Tesla is in a position where they can integrate all these technologies more quickly than anybody else, as well as having first steps. So I think if they are able to roll out this Maxwell technology on battery day, it would put them uh, probably two or three years uh, ahead of anybody else. There's two or three other people working on dry uh, battery electrodes. Um, as far as the single crystal uh, coating technologies, uh, those are all actually actually already fully commercialized in China. So there is competition there. But um, I think Tesla, uh, this they're going to leap ahead, whereas before they were just kind of neck and neck. Yeah. And you just brought up an idea, which is, so they're building this new battery facility in Shanghai for this new Gigafactory. Mm. Um, a lot of weird rumors. Okay, prismatic CATL cells, which I think through everybody like we're just confused um but they're gonna be building batteries on site or maybe partnering with someone to build like what is what batteries are they gonna put in these cars in china is it the maxwell line because this is where i love i get my conspiracy hat on and i'm like the u.s government that the chinese government tried to buy maxwell and the u.s government said no and blocked mm -hmm. that deal and then tesla bought them six months later and is building the first wholly owned factory in china and my guess is if they're not immediately putting that Maxwell DBE battery cell line there, it will get there very, very, very soon. I think at this point, it comes down to time and scaling. With the dry cell line, uh, you have to design the pack and module and as long as the, as well as the vehicle that it goes into. So I think uh, in Giga Shanghai, they're gonna continue to use to the old form factor cells, uh, uh, the lithium iron phosphate from CATL and the nickel um, manganese cobalt from LG. They're going to continue to scale with that. Um, but I think they will build a Maxwell line in Giga Shanghai for uh, the Model 2 or whatever we want to call it, that compact vehicle, as well as the Cybertruck. Because the, the vehicle and the pack kind of have to be designed together. Kind of how the, the Model S and X have a different pack than the Model 3 and the Model Y. It's like a new generation of pack with a new generation of vehicle. And that's what it seems like we're, mm -hmm. they're getting ready to show us is that next mm -hmm. generation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's so, so exciting. Um, is there anything else that we miss? What, what else is Elon going to say at Battery Day that we haven't covered? Because I want to make sure we, we ruin everything. Well, it depends. Um We've talked a lot about uh, like the surface level uh, exciting things and what they could do with it and what this means. Um, but there's, we could go down a dozen rabbit holes with the technology. Like for instance, the single crystals that they're growing for uh, the cathode and the titanium coating that they're putting around that. And then it's wrapped in this uh, dry cell technology, which is more conductive and you need less of it than the wet slurry. Um, but I'll stop there. If people are interested in all that highly technical detail, they can go uh, check, out, check it out on my channel.
Yeah, definitely. And I would really highly recommend your channel. This is why I feel like I have the best job in the world, like my dream job. And we just get a scheme on uh, Tesla battery day. And I, yeah. I really wanted to have you on to like advance the discussion because I think it's, you know, like Elon Musk said on the conference call, the YouTubers and bloggers are figuring this out. And this is the cutting edge of research. And somewhere in Fremont, California, one of these Tesla engineers is spooling up that Maxwell line and validating yeah. like, that this cell is going to change the world. Like as we're recording this, that's what's happening. Yeah. And I, yeah. um, it's just so, so exciting to, to be involved. And thank you so much for, uh, for joining in. But I think, actually, I want to, at a high level, sum it up. Matt, they've stumbled on an easier, simpler, cheaper ways to build batteries. And it happens that those batteries are also more energy dense and will last longer. And they will be, last a million miles. They will be $100 at the cell pack level. And they'll be using the Maxwell DBE. And Tesla's building them, them themselves. And they'll be cobalt free. And they'll be cobalt free. We didn't even get to that. All right, yeah. I, we're gonna we're gonna have to uh, do another chat again soon. Yeah. But seriously, mm. thank you so much, and everyone should really check out your channel. Um, yeah. All right. Peace thanks, out. Man. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Later.